The Christmas experience is hopefully just that, more of an experience than a celebration. We celebrate Christmas every year, and most of us have gotten pretty accustomed to our celebratory traditions. But this year, instead of just celebrating, I hope that we experience it on a more personal level. That's kind of what's behind the, the campaign that we're, uh, we're in the midst of, the Christmas experience. Last week, we talked about experiencing God's faithfulness, especially as it related to the fact that he's always on time. He always does what he needs to do at just the right time. We don't always understand his timing, but he is always right on time. And so we looked at God's faithfulness. This week, I want us to think together about experiencing God's favor. To help us with that, we're in Luke chapter 1, and we're going to begin at verse 26. In Luke chapter 1, we hear the, the story of Mary. Next week, we'll look at the story from Joseph's perspective. And as we go through, we'll look at the story from each uh, each person's different perspective. But this week, I want us to think about uh, God's favor as we experience it with Mary, beginning in verse 26 of chapter 1 of Luke. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the truth is, that's about all we know about Mary, according to Scripture. That's really just about all the Bible says about who Mary was. We know that she came from a poor background. We know that because of the offerings that they gave. And we know that because of the one she married was also poor. Uh, when it was time to give a, uh, a sacrifice to the temple, they had to settle for giving two little turtle doves, which is what poor people gave. So we have an idea of their, of their finances. We, we have some idea of their family background and tradition because she, uh, she married someone who was in David's lineage, David's house, if you will. So we have some understanding of who she was in those terms, but that's about all we know. The rest of what we think we know of her is basically conjecture. We can assume that she was a, uh, that she was a humble person. We make that assumption because of the, the, the song that she sings that we, that we call the Magnificat. You're going to study that later this week. We, we understand that she was probably uh, humble and obedient because of the response that she's about to give God here in the text we're looking at this morning. So we know a few things about her personality and who she was, but we know very little. I say all of that to say this, that we can't forget Mary was a normal, everyday human being. She was just a regular common girl. And that is one of the things that makes the story so amazing. That God chooses normal, everyday, fallible people 
to do some amazing things. As we look at her experience, one of the things that we learn right off the bat is that God's favor is surprising. God's favor is surprising. It's amazing how God chooses to use normal people. If you look back throughout Scripture, that is the case. I mean, um, you know, you go all the way back to to Noah. Well, Noah, at his day, he was the only righteous man left. And so God saved him and his family. But even that only righteous man left, you know, even he drank too much, got drunk, had a problem. You know, Samson, Samson, big old strong, mighty guy, I mean, could do amazing things until a woman came around and then all of a sudden he was putty, you know. I just, he, he, he gave in to the wrong people at the wrong time. David, the king, man, I mean, he was the king, the, the one king, the powerful king, the king even to this day that, that all Jews look to as the king. Amazing. Man after God's own heart. Imagine Scripture saying that about someone. He's a man after God's own heart. And yet even he was an adulterer and technically a murderer. He didn't pull the trigger, but he hired the hitman. You could go throughout Scripture and, and every one of those cases. Joseph, you know, J- Joseph saved the, the, the world, basically, from that famine, saved his family, uh, did incredible things. But, man, he was an arrogant little son of a gun. Pride that was a problem for that guy. You could go through the whole thing. Look at Peter. Peter himself. I mean, it, it, was, it was Peter's confession that started the whole church. And it was he who told the world about Jesus. Amazing guy. And yet he's the very same guy who told people, I don't even know that Jesus dude. I don't know who you're talking about. Same guy that lost his temper and cut off a dude's ear. Everybody in the Bible who did amazing things were normal, everyday folks. And so it's surprising when God shows up to marry just a normal, everyday person But that's the way he works. And I'm kind of glad for that, aren't you? That you and I don't have to be some kind of super spiritual hero to be used by God. Because he uses normal, everyday, messed up, mixed up people. You know, he does that on purpose. Because if he only used super spiritual heroes... Well, then we would all say, we would all look at that super spiritual hero and say, look how special he is or how special she is. Instead of giving God the glory for what he does. He uses everyday people for a reason. That way we can say, hey man, only God could do that. What a great God we serve. I think Mary must have experienced some of that when this angel appears in verse 26 the the angel just kind of appears out of nowhere sent from God to a city of Galilee that was called Nazareth he shows up to this virgin who's betrothed to Joseph and the virgin's name was Mary and then look at verse 28 
He came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying. Well, I would be too, wouldn't you? I mean, this all of a sudden, there's this big being. And we picture, I don't know what he looked like, but we picture this light shining everywhere, you know, and, and this big booming voice. And don't be afraid. Well, it's too late for that, dude. You know, this is, this is weird stuff. But not only was she surprised by the presence of the angel, did you notice that she was surprised by what he said? She was surprised at the words. Here he says, um, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Verse 29, but she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. She was struggling trying to figure out what the words meant. How could I be favored? I'm just Mary. The angel shows up to a poor Jewish girl from a nowhere town, like he said. And the angel shows her this greeting of respect. Hail, O favored one. God's favor is a surprise. When God shows you and me favor, it surprises us because we know that we're not worthy. We know we're unqualified. When God gives us those great gifts in life, we know that they are because of his grace. This week as we try to kind of marry Thanksgiving and Christmas together because we started our Christmas campaign a little early this year, uh, this week as we kind of marry those two thoughts together, uh, let, let's kind of consider it that way. That Mary reminds us that God's favor is a surprise because we don't deserve it. And so during Thanksgiving, we stop to say, thank you. I know I don't deserve all your grace. So God's favor is surprising. The second thing we learn from Mary is that God's favor is powerful. His favor is powerful. Look at verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus we talked not long ago about the fact that Jesus is the Greek name for the Hebrew name, Joshua. And even Joshua is the English transliteration of the Hebrew name. What they would have said was Yahshua. Yahshua. And Yahshua was a very common name. A lot of kids running around the streets of, of, of Galilee and Bethlehem and Jerusalem. A lot of kids running around that 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 area named Yeshua. But the name meant Yahweh is salvation. God is salvation. Or even more simply, God saves. That was the meaning of his name. And so every time it was time to come home for dinner, Mary would say, God saves, come eat. Yahweh is salvation, come home. Hearing that name over and over and over and saying that name over 
and over. He will be called Jesus because that defines who he is. God is saving people through him. And so in 31, the angel says, you're going to conceive in your womb and bear a son. You'll call him Jesus. Verse 32, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, "Uh uh-uh. How's that going to happen? Mary said to the angel in 34, How will this be since I am a virgin? She, in essence, says it's impossible. That can't happen. I mean, it sounds cool. It sounds great. I'm, I'm willing to go along, but that can't happen. How many times we come up against things in life and it looks like there's no answer. It looks like it's impossible. Mary was was responding to God out of her personal experience. And based on her personal experience, virgins didn't have babies. All she knew was that that's the way this works. And so she says, no, it doesn't work that way. This is impossible. It's a lot like when the people of Israel were taken out of Egypt. They were set free from Egypt and they wandered through the wilderness. And as they start their journey away from Egypt, the the Egyptian army is coming after them. And before too long, they wind up in front of this sea. And so there's there's a sea here and there's an army there and they're stuck and it's impossible and there's no way out. And just at the right time, God parts the waters of that sea and he allows them a way out. You know, God rarely protects us from the sea. He rarely protects us from uh, from the obstacles in life. But he will always help us find a way through. We rarely get to avoid them, but he will walk us through them. The waters parted and they made their way through. The three Hebrew children, we call them, the, the boys that were taken off into captivity. The Babylonians said, we've got this idol, so when you hear the band play, you fall down and you worship this idol. And those guys said, no, we're not going to do that. No, God says not to have any other gods, so we won't worship your idol. They said, well, if you don't, we're going to throw you in the fiery furnace. They said, cool, man, that's all right. Do what you got to do. And we're not going to bow down to the idol. They said, okay, here we go. We're going to put you in the fiery furnace. They said, our God is able to deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we still won't bow down to your idol. Our God is able, but even if he doesn't, if the miracle doesn't come, we still are not going to bow down. They put the guys in the fire, And you know the story. When they took those guys out of the fire, their clothes didn't even smell like smoke. It was impossible. But our God is in the impossible business. And so Mary says, it can't happen this way. This is 
impossible. But our God is powerful. And so in verse 35, the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High. That word Most High means that He is the the most powerful of all. The power of the most powerful one will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. That word for holy means separate. It means different from any other. In other words, he's going to be called something different because this is the first time ever in time past or in time to come. This is the only time ever that a baby will be born to a virgin. He's different. He's holy. He's separate from everyone else because this baby's father is the Holy Spirit of God. When they call him the Son of God, it, is, it means it very literally. He was the Son of God Almighty because God is the one who made it happen. You see, God's favor is surprising because we realize that we're not worthy, but his favor is also powerful. Even though we're not worthy, He does great things in our lives. Verse 36, And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. When God wants to use someone for his purposes, it often seems impossible How could you pick that guy to do that job? And yet, God's power is with those upon whom he has favor. You and I realize our failures, our faults. We realize our weaknesses. When God chooses to favor us, we're amazed. We're surprised by it. And then our first reaction is quite often like Mary, God, I'm not the guy for that. I can't do that. That's too big for me. And God says, exactly. That was kind of the point. It's too big for you, so let me do it through you. And then everybody will know who to give the credit to. God's favor is surprising and it's powerful. And God's favor is demanding. It's demanding. Look at verse 38. How do you respond? How did Mary respond? Angel shows up. God has chosen you. He has favor on you. She's shocked by that. He says, no, it's for real. God's power is going to cause this to happen. So how did Mary respond? Yeah, I could see that. I'm going to enjoy this. I got this. Hey, I'm going to call everybody and let them know. Watch the Channel 10 News because I'm going to be on tonight. I'm a somebody. Look at verse 20 or the last verse there, uh, verse um, 38. Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. 
In essence, Mary says, Lord, I'm your servant. I'll do what you call me to do. I'll be obedient. I'm yours. We used to sing a song that would say over and over, yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. Yes, Lord, yes, I'm willing to obey. That was Mary's response. Might that be our response this morning? When God shows his favor on us, it surprises us because we don't deserve it. But it is powerful in that he, he can take us and change us from lost, confused, sinful, weak people into disciples who can turn the world upside down. Because of his power, he can take people who have very little to offer and he can use those people to change the world. It's because of his power, not their ability. So when we're shocked when God shows us his favor, we're blessed by it. Thank you, God, because I know I'm not worthy. I know it's your power that's going to be able to work in me and through me. And because of that, can we say with Mary, I'm your servant. Use me. Work in me, work through me, I'll be obedient.